Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. The title of this podcast is Broadcasting Freedom. So, just how does a country go about doing that? When Ronald Reagan was running for the presidency in March 1980, before he ever sat in the Oval Office, he said we must use our neglected ability at communications, Radio Free Europe, the voice of liberty, the voice of America, to call attention to the power of freedom and the true spirit of democracy. While America had been criticized for their efforts to broadcast the truth about communism, the Soviets maintained a broadcasting radio network in 84 languages, 2,000 hours a week. Moments after his inauguration, President Reagan authorized our International Communications Agency to increase its efforts in every way, shape, and form. By late 1981, right after the declaration of martial law in Poland in December 1981, U.S.-funded Voice of America and Radio Free Europe expanded their radio broadcasts. These broadcasts continued during the martial law, and in order to get radios to them, they were smuggled in in ingenious ways, hidden in lard or other food products. The imprisoned solidarity workers in Poland listened regularly and said they could receive all stations despite the Soviet efforts to jam the radio signal. And those who were imprisoned said these broadcasts sustained them, buoyed their spirits, and help them remain strong. So let's go back. Let's remind ourselves about Voice of America, which began during World War II. Though born in war, Voice of America continued in peace and has made enormous contributions. Today, as we witness new forms of inhumanity, threatening peace and freedom in the world, the Voice of America can perform an even more vital function. By giving an objective account of current world events by communicating a clear picture of America and our policies at home and abroad, the voice serves the interests not only of the United States, but of the world. The voice of America is for many the only source of reliable information in a world where events move very quickly. The United States intends to continue its support to those who are struggling to establish democratic institutions. The communist-dominated guerrillas of the region offer nothing but the same bankrupt ideas that have imprisoned the populations of Cuba, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and yes, Poland. The challenges we face are no less grave and momentous than those that spawned the voice 40 years ago. Freedom is no less threatened and the opposition is no less totalitarian. In this struggle there's no greater weapon than the truth. Free men have nothing to fear from it. It remains the ultimate weapon in the arsenal of democracy. Well, we're justifiably proud that unlike Soviet broadcasts, the voice of America is not only committed to telling its country's story, but also remains faithful to those standards of journalism that will not compromise the truth. Recently, we celebrated the 250th birthday of George Washington. He understood the power of truth and its relationship to freedom. 
the truth will ultimately prevail, he said, where there are pains to bring it to light. Today, we have this responsibility, bringing truth to light in a world groping in the darkness of repression and lies. Let us rededicate ourselves to the task ahead. And like the Founding Father, we can be confident the truth will prevail. And if truth prevails, freedom shall not perish from this earth. More about the Voice of America, our struggle to spread the word of freedom and its importance after the bombing of KAL-007 in early September 1983. I'll be right back. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org slash give. That's reaganfoundation.org slash give. Now, back to the story. To set the stage, we're now in September 1983, 40 years ago, and KAL Flight 007 has just been shot down by the Soviets. Yuri Andropov, former head of the KGB, is the current Soviet leader. Let's listen to an excerpt from the president's radio address. You'll find the situation in 1983 hauntingly similar to current Soviet behavior. My fellow Americans, during my first press conference, nine days after being sworn in as your president, I was asked a question having to do with Soviet intentions. In my answer, I cited their own words, that they have openly and publicly declared the only morality they recognize is what will further world communism that they reserve unto themselves the right to commit any crime, to lie, to cheat, in order to attain that. And I pointed out that we should keep this in mind when we deal with them. I was charged with being too harsh in my language. I tried to point out I was only quoting their own words. Well, I hope the Soviets' recent behavior will dispel any lingering doubt about what kind of regime we're dealing with and what our responsibilities are as trustees of freedom and peace. Isn't it time for all of us to see the Soviet rulers as they are, rather than as we would like them to be. This is the moment when the president, who is known as the great communicator, firmly expresses the importance of expanding the truth about the Soviets. During World War II, FDR called America the great arsenal of democracy as we built up weapons to fight the Nazis. Well, now, since Ronald Reagan has declared truth to be the great arsenal of democracy, he's going to explain. Let's listen. Rather than tell the truth about the Korean Airlines massacre, rather than immediately and publicly investigate the crash, explain to the world how it happened, punish those guilty of the crime, cooperate in efforts to find the wreckage, recover the bodies, apologize and offer compensation to the families, and work to prevent a repetition, they have done the opposite. They've stonewalled the world, mobilizing their entire government behind a massive cover-up, then brazenly threatening to kill more men, women, and children should another civilian airliner make the same mistake as KAL-007. The Soviets are terrified of the truth. They understand well and they dread the meaning of St. John's words, 
You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is mankind's best hope for a better world. That's why in times like this, few assets are more important than the Voice of America and Radio Liberty, our primary means of getting the truth to the Russian people. Within minutes of the report of the Soviet destruction of the Korean jet, the Voice of America aired the story in its news programs around the globe. We made sure people in Africa, Asia, the Middle East, Europe, and most important, the people in the Soviet bloc itself knew the truth. That includes every Soviet misstatement from their initial denials through all the tortured changes and contradictions in their story, including their UN representatives still denying they shot down the plane, even as his own government was finally admitting they did. Accurate news like this is about as welcome as the plague among the Soviet elite. Censorship is as natural and necessary to the survival of their dictatorship as free speech is to our democracy. That's why they devote such enormous resources to block our broadcasts inside Soviet-controlled countries. The Soviets spend more to block Western broadcasts coming into those countries than the entire worldwide budget of the Voice of America. To get the news across to the Russian people about the Korean Airlines massacre, the Voice of America added new frequencies and new broadcast times. But within minutes of those changes, new Soviet jamming began. Luckily, jamming is more like a sieve than a wall. International radio broadcasts can still get through to many people with the news, but we still face enormous difficulties. Today, social media has become the vehicle for sharing information. Much of it, as we know, is not true. The president didn't have to battle that issue, though, in the 80s. But they did have technical issues. Let's listen. One of the Voice of America's listeners in the Middle East wrote, if you do not strengthen your broadcasting frequencies, no one can get anything from your program. Our radio equipment is just plain old, some of it World War II vintage. I don't mind people getting older, it's just not so good for machines. More than 35% of the Voice of America's transmitters are over 30 years old. We have a similar problem at Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty. We have six antiquated 500-kilowatt shortwave transmitters. The Soviets have 37, and theirs are neither old nor outdated. We regularly receive complaints that Soviet broadcasts are clearer than ours. One person wrote and asked why it's not possible for a nation that can send ships into space to have its own voice heard here on Earth. The answer is simple. We're as far behind the Soviets and their allies in international broadcasting today as we were in space when they launched Sputnik in 1957. We've repeatedly urged the Congress to support our long-term modernization program and our proposal for a new radio station, Radio Marti, for broadcasting to Cuba. The sums involved are modest, but for whatever reason, this critical program has not been enacted. Today, I'm appealing to the Congress, help us get the truth through. Help us strengthen our international broadcasting effort by supporting increased funding for the Voice of America, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, and by authorizing the establishment of Radio Marti. And I appeal to you, especially those of you who came from Eastern Europe, Russia, and Soviet-dominated countries who understand how crucial this issue is. Let your representatives hear from you. Tell them you want Soviet rulers held accountable for their actions, even by their own people. The truth is still our strongest weapon. We just have to use it. Finally, let us come together as a nation tomorrow in a national day of mourning to share the sorrow of the families and let us resolve that this crime against humanity will never be forgotten 
anywhere in the world. Until next week, thank you for listening and God bless you. The president appointed longtime friend and associate Charlie Wick to head the United States Information Agency to tackle this problem. In 1983, when Korean Airlines Flight 007 was shot down, it was USIA under Charlie's direction that produced the dramatic video pre presentation we took to the United Nations to show the world what happened in the final minutes of that doomed flight. And as the Soviet Union began to introduce glasnost, Charlie arranged the U.S.-Soviet information talks to address key issues on the bilateral flow of information. With his ongoing efforts, new understandings were reached on disinformation and on the exchange of films and publications. The Voice of America is no longer jammed by the Soviets, and they have granted permission for the first time for Voice of America to open a bureau in Moscow. The genius of Charlie Wick lies in his ability to recognize how changing information technology, especially satellite communications, has transformed the international political landscape. He understands the need for the United States to convey its message to the people of the world if we're to succeed internationally. And he knows how to do it better than it's ever been done before. One thing that he also knows so well is that the United States government can't do it alone. He, we couldn't have done it without you. All of you who have participated in the private sector committees and been so generous in your support have been a critical part of our success. Private sector volunteers, people like you working in such areas as medicine, labor, publishing, public relations, marketing, engineering, radio, television, and other fields have done much more than help USIA to do its important work. You've made it possible for us to show the world the essence of the American idea and to present to the planet our truest face, the one that says, we the people. Only in a country in which it, it really is the people who rule would the government depend so greatly on private citizens like yourselves to help America share our message with the world. And only in a country as great as America would the response be as great as yours has been. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast, featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. <laughs>